If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground. Tonight, we're doing another proposition breakdown because we are several weeks away from Election Day. Cynthia, how many exact days are we away? I know you probably have a countdown going. I do. It is exactly 25 days. It's exactly 25 days, and it's going to come up really fast. So like we did a couple weeks ago, we're going to do another proposition breakdown. We're going to do two propositions tonight. We're going to do Prop 30, and we're going to do Prop 1, um, because they're both, I would say Prop 1 is definitely more controversial than Prop 30, but Prop 30 is typical California raising your taxes for all the green stuff. Um, and as always, I am referring to my handy dandy general election book, which at this point is now starting to get tattered and dirty and full of marks and highlights and all that stuff, uh, which I suggest any political nerds out there also do as well as take, take the time, look at your general election book, um, and read about all this stuff, read the arguments for, read the arguments against and all that. And, uh, yeah. So first off, Cynthia, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Uh, Like we were speaking a little bit before we went live, very hectic day because we are 25 days out. So people that, you know, work in politics, this is like, you know, our moment to shine. It's the end of end of almost the end of an era. So very productive day. That's for sure. How are you doing? Uh, You know, just living the dream, just uh, (laughs) keeping it going here in California. So uh, let's start off. I would think we would start off with Prop 30. And then we'll go into Prop 1, because I think Prop 1 is definitely more controversial, and I think there's a lot more to say about Prop 1. Um, not that there's not much to say about Prop 30. There's a lot to say about Prop 30. Uh, but Absolutely. let's start with Prop 30. And I'll read you from some of the this uh, general election booklet. The title is, it provides funding for programs to reduce air pollution and prevent wildfires by increasing tax on personal income over $2 million. Uh, Summary, increases tax on personal income over $2 million by 1.75% for individuals and married couples. So if you're a married couple and you make over $2 million, that also counts. And allocates new tax revenues as follow. 45% for rebates and other incentives for zero emission vehicle purchases. And 35% for charging stations for zero emission vehicles. With at least half of this funded directed to low income households and communities. And... 20% for wildfire prevention and suppression programs with priority given to hiring and training firefighters. And a quick summary of the fiscal impact is increased state tax revenue ranging from $3.5 billion to $5 billion annually with the new funding used to support zero emission vehicle programs. Um, all right, let's go into a little bit more of the analysis. The state collects a tax on personal income earned within the state. They collect a lot of that. That is something California is very good at, is collecting a lot of tax on your personal income. Last year, the personal income tax raised over $130 billion in revenue. That number alone is pretty astounding, that it raised $130 billion. Most of the revenue helps pay for education, prisons, health care, drag queen story hours, um, gender reassignment surgeries. Sorry, the last two don't really count, but you know they do pay for that stuff. (laughs) Um, 
And then they go on to talk about the state has programs that promote zero emission vehicles and they abbreviate it ZEV, which uh, for the rest of this thing, I just keep seeing the word ZEV. So examples of ZEVs include electric cars and hydrogen fuel cell cars. The state requires ride-sharing companies such as Uber and Lyft to use an increasing number of ZEVs for their services. Now I just can't get ZEVs out of my mind. Now this is <laughs> where it gets really interesting when it comes to taxes. And I'll just ask you right off the bat, Cynthia. When California implements a tax, do you think that tax ever goes away? Absolutely, positively no. Well, you would be wrong because according to Prop 30, there is a sunset clause on this tax so far. Really? Interesting. Beginning January. I know you're probably shocked, but I, I could understand your apprehension. Beginning January 2023, <laughs> Prop 30 requires taxpayers, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. This additional tax would end by January of 2043. So it would automatically go away in 20 years. So it's not forever. They just want to do it to get us off the ground with our Zevs. And once everyone is driving around in their new shiny Zevs and we can charge our Zevs, they're going to drop it. There's also an incentive. The tax could end several years earlier if California is able to drop its statewide greenhouse gas emissions below certain levels before then. So for all good little boys and girls, and we all run out and get Zevs as fast as possible, that tax could end faster than uh, we anticipate. So like I said, do you think this tax would ever go away or do you think they would keep extending it? Like we should believe anything that California state government actually does. <laughs> It'd be like saying, well, we're only going to spend this many billions on the high speed rail, and I promise we're going to get it done in the next 10 years. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, so let's see the breakdown of the revenue for where all this money is going to go, all these billions of dollars. Uh, payments to help buy new Zebs. Most of this money would be used to help households, businesses, and governments pay for part of the cost of new passenger Zebs, such as cars, vans, and pickup trucks. Uh, the money would be used to install and operate Zev charging and fueling stations at places such as apartment buildings, single family homes, and public locations. For each category above, at least half of the money must be spent on projects that benefit people who live in or near heavily polluted and or low income communities. Because the first thing that I always think of if I am driving through a low income community is, good golly, they have a lot of Teslas and Chevy Leafs or bolts or whatever is the Chevy version of it. Um, that seems odd because I don't think a lot of people could afford in low income communities, fancy Zevs. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. So I don't know where that money's going to go or what it's going to be spent on um, in those neighborhoods, but that's where half the money is going to go is it's going to go to low income neighborhoods. So there's more Zevs in those neighborhoods. Now, this was interesting because there is the whole mandate about we have to get rid of gas-powered cars. Everyone knows about that. They break down what happens if the state approves this mandate and what if it does not approve the mandate. It says if the state approves the ZEV mandate, 
then the additional funding from the proposition to help buy new Zevs would not have much effect on the total number of Zevs driven in California. Let me say that again. If a state approves the mandate that you don't have to, or that we have to get rid of gas-powered cars, the proposition to help buy new Zevs would not have much effect on the total number of Zevs driven in California. This is because the Zev mandate would already require a significant increase in the number of Zev sales, even without the additional spending. So, if there is a mandate and we're all required to buy electric cars in 10 years, they're saying this won't really have any effect. Which makes me wonder, then what's the point of having this proposition? If the mandate's already going to go through and we're all going to be forced to be buying electric cars, then what's the point of this specific proposition? Instead, if the state does approve the ZEV mandate, then the funding from the proposition to help buy new ZEVs would increase the number of ZEVs and decrease the number of gasoline or diesel-powered vehicles driven in California. As a result, the amount of gasoline would used would be less. Yes, if there are more electric cars, there would be less gasoline. That is a logical statement. Um, this is a good one. Decrease state revenue for other activities. Some taxpayers probably would take steps to reduce the amount of income taxes they owe. Correct. Yes. When you raise taxes on people, usually what those people do who are worth or make over $2 million a year, they're usually smart enough to go to their financial planner and go, what are some tools and things that I can do to not pay as much in taxes? And usually financial planners and tax attorneys are very good at saying there's a whole bunch of things you can do to stop paying taxes. This would reduce existing state revenues used to pay for activities not funded by Proposition 30, degree to which would happen and how much the revenue state might lose as a result is unknown. Are you ready for arguments? Let's do it. All right. Argument in favor of Prop 30. Fire season is now year round. The air quality in California is the worst in the country. Now, I thought we got much better, if I remember. Didn't L.A. used to have, like, enormous amounts of smog over it, like all that yellow smog and everything? <laughs> and now it's gotten a lot better. I don't know. I don't go up to L.A. pretty much at all. Um, but hasn't the air quality gotten a little bit better in California? And it's still the worst in the country for all the things that we do, all the green policies we have this is still the worst air quality in the entire country existing programs are not enough to address this growing threat to california's economy environment and public health we must act urgently to reduce the top two sources of air pollution greenhouse gases wildfires and vehicles and they say only the wealthiest 0.2 percent will be impacted small business revenue is not taxed um, gas is too expensive. Consumers want options, but many can't afford an electric vehicle. Prop 30 provides direct rebates and financial assistance for consumers. And it says it's going to expand infrastructure. Prop 30 develops the network of affordable charging stations throughout the state that we need, creating thousands of good paying green jobs. Thousands. Because when the government creates a job, 
it's always good paying. The measure will upgrade the electric grid to ensure reliability as we transition to more electric vehicles. Now, we read through this whole thing. I don't see anything talking about the electrical grid. And that's something that does concern me is that really not a lot of this says how they're going to actually pump electricity into any of these communities, any of these homes to actually power up these cars. So they're going to take billions and billions and billions of dollars, give that money back to people so you can go out and buy a Zev. And then there's going to be charging stations that everyone's going to have to rush to to charge. But where does the electricity come from? Uh, Let's see. Argument against Prop 30. Californians already pay the highest state income taxes and highest gas taxes, one of the highest sales tax and grapple daily with among the highest costs of living in the nation. Prop 3 will be the largest tax increase in California over a decade as utility rates skyrocket for homeowners and small businesses and higher taxes get passed on to consumers. Prop 30 would add up to 3 million new zero emission vehicles in California over the next 10 years, which means the state would need to increase the current capacity of electricity grid to handle this massive increase. This expense is not included in Prop 30 and could be paid for by regular utility ratepayers who already pay some of the highest in the nation. Utility costs could skyrocket and ratepayers could pay as much higher electricity bills each month. Uh, the state budget surplus grew by $97.5 billion this year. The state has already developed the spending plan to ensure the rapid adoption of zero emission vehicles without raising taxes and without threatening the stability of the electricity grid and has already budgeted 10 billion to achieve these goals. So that's the argument against, obviously it's the Howard Jarvis, uh, taxpayers association. They are against it. small business association. Um, so what are your thoughts, Cynthia on prop 30? Do you think, it's uh it's a good idea or do you think you would vote no or yet well how would you vote on prop 30 yeah so full disclosure if you guys follow me on instagram it's create with sin um i was requested by my community to do a voter guide so i did post how i would vote for the statewide proposition so full disclosure i am voting no on all of them so including prop 30. um so right off the bat i have a very easy role. Whenever I see climate crisis, I throw out the red flag emoji. Um, I just don't believe in that. Um, I do think Republicans can do better as far as branding and messaging and wanting to conserve and protect and do good things for the environment. Um, But and then also too, from a financial standpoint, I don't necessarily agree with you know taxing people who are wealthy who you know did what they need to do to be able to work for everything that they have um so all that being said from the financial standpoint and what i think you know how we can improve the environment um the language of the proposition um and also to like how they're committing to you know wildfires i mean the republicans in the state assembly have provided, you know, opportunities on where we can improve that. Um, I just, there's just a lot of different things that, you know, I'm against as far as like the climate angle, the financial standpoint, what, what they're hoping to accomplish with this. Um, 
I think also too, you know, before, because I'd like to hear your take as well, Phil. I think, so you also mentioned some of the supporters and opponents. I think people would be very intrigued because I know I was giggling when you're reading, you know, who was against it. I was kind of waiting to see if you would say, you know, who else would be against it. So the supporters, um, Representative Rokana, Barbara Lee, um, St- uh, State Assemblyman Kevin McCarty, um, one of our favorites, Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, Oakland Mayor Libby, Libby Schaff. The California Democrat Party supports it. Lyft, the corporation, supports it. For the unions, Cal Fire, um, California State Association of Electrical Workers unit here, they, um, they're more left-leaning. The American Lung Association, the California Environmental Voters organizations that support it. Tom Steyer, he supports it. The the people that oppose it shouldn't be no surprise. Um, so for political parties like the Republican Party of California, the Peace and Freedom Party, this is where it gets interesting. The organization, so as you mentioned, Phil, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayer Association, that shouldn't surprise people like these business organizations, Chamber of Commerce, a union that's actually against it is the California Teachers Association, so CTA. And my favorite is uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is against it. And I'm going to read this quote. It's on Ballotpedia. So if people would like to read it for themselves, they are more than free to do so. Governor Gavin Newsom said this. He's against it because Prop 30 is a special interest carve out. And yes, he said special interest. The man that's funded by special interest. He said the Prop 30 is a special, special interest. Yeah. He said Prop 30 is a special interest carve out, a cynical scheme devised by a single corporation to funnel state income tax revenue to their company. Californians should know that just this year, our state committed $10 billion for electric vehicles and their infrastructure. So all that being said, to sum it up, those are people and that are against or support it. Um, I have my own reasons from a financial and a you know environmental standpoint. I just think there's a lot of things we could do with this. Um, other uh, solutions out there to um, you know combat our environment and you know our forest management because that's really what it is. It's when we talk about wildfires, it's about managing our forest. Um, so I'm voting no. Yeah, it's interesting to think that you actually are on the same side as uh gavin newsom right yeah it's wild i i uh i i busted my butt off to try to recall him like gung-ho like trained volunteers gathered signatures helped people phone bank and door knock and i am on this this the same side for once it's wild never would have thought that one year later a lot can happen in a year well he's gonna pop up we're going to discuss him a lot in this episode, which is why I wore my noodle shirt. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's interesting that he is against it. The California democratic party is for it. So sometimes it does seem like Newsom is out of step with the California democratic party and not to go down the, the rabbit hole that we we've talked about before, but I do think you're going to see a lot more of Gavin Newsom out of step with the California Democratic Party because he is going to try and run for governor uh, probably sooner rather than later. Um, for all of those who are watching, yeah, um, for all those who are watching or listening, um, I'm sorry if you lost your dinner right now just thinking about that. Uh, but I think that you're going to see a lot of that 
coming up pretty soon. It's interesting. The California Democratic Party is just saying, yeah, we support this. But of course, they support it because it's all about green energy and it's all about everyone driving their Zevs and their sexy new Zevs. Um, but um, yeah, and, and him coming out against it, his, his reasoning is got pretty much what the Howard Jarvis Association said, which is there's already been $10 billion put aside for all of this. So why continue to tax more? And if you do look at who does benefit the most, it is most likely going to be these big corporations like Lyft and Uber because they'll be able to get more rebates and people will be able, like the drivers will be able to get rebates and paid off to get these cars. Um, And therefore Lyft and Uber don't really have to lift a finger because they can say, well, go apply for this program. California is giving out billions of dollars to buy these new Zevs. so therefore, Uber and Lyft aren't really on the hook. So I could see, in a way, I could actually agree. I and oh my god, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. I could actually agree <laughs> with Gavin Newsom a little bit that it is sort of a big handout to Lyft and Uber because they're going to get off the hook uh, if we end up giving them billions of dollars to do this. Uh, so it, it is sometimes weird how you and people end up on the same aisle on stuff, and yeah. Anything with taxes in it, I'm usually a, I'm, I'm pretty much always a hard no. Once I see it raises taxes, I'm like, nope. Red flag. It's an red automatic flag. no for me. Red flag, red flag. That's that's a no for me. Um, but there has been some polling on Prop 30. And this was as of last week, October 4th. Um, and it says, while, oh no, let's see. I'm trying to find the right a new poll released on Monday has shown that while Prop 30 continues to enjoy a double-digit advantage in terms of support percentage amongst voters, that support has dwindled from earlier polls with total support coming under the 50% mark for the first time. Um, according to the new UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies poll released on Monday, support for Proposition 30 is currently at 49%, with those opposing it currently sitting at 37% and 15% undecided. So if those 15%, it depends on how they break. If they all break against it, then it won't pass. But there's probably going to be a split of people who don't know what to do, and they're probably probably going to be like a 60-40 split. Split amongst party preference, 69% of Democrats favor yes. Of course, there's never a tax Democrats don't like. While only 15% of Republicans, okay, which 15% are Republicans? are actually supporting this. I want to know, and I want to have a nice chat with them about why you would support this. And 49% of both no party preference and other parties were in favor. Broken down by age, those 39 or younger had an above 50% level support with older groups trending more and more below that mark. It's easy to see the real split on Prop 30, explained Elise Castro, a ballot issue advisor to The Globe on Tuesday. A lot of people, especially younger people, want the rich tax more because they think that they need to pay their more fair share. At the same time, the way it's being presented as a tax on the rich to help make it better for electric cars and such has a lot of support. But in recent weeks, many are questioning Prop 30 more and more. Some of it has to do with people not liking Lyft seeing this as a huge money saver on their part and others becoming more aware of electrical grid stresses after recent heat waves. I mean, millions of Californians got text messages warning them to turn off power. Now there is that only will increase electrical uses usage. So it's interesting. The polling is trending down for prop 30. And I wonder how much of it has to do with noodles coming out and having ads that say vote no on prop 30. 
I think that probably has a big effect. If if Noodles is coming out and saying, vote no on Prop 30, there's a good chance that a lot of people are going to start trending downward. So what do you what do you what do you think is the likelihood that this one's going to pass? I'm actually a little bit I'm actually very hopeful. Um, it seems and I, I don't recall if you if we covered this in the last episode where we went over propositions, but I know you've shed light on this and I I have as well. Um, usually when it comes so people are pretty gung ho when it comes to voting like for candidates but they seem to be a little bit more open-minded and be willing to to dive into nuances when it comes to ballot propositions. Um, so for example, like I was a little bit worried about, you know, for the last election cycle with like the affirmative action, I I really thought that somehow that was gonna end up passing and, and it ended up not. And so, you know, I kind of, so as far as like having that quote unquote radical language, you know, the wealth tax is a little bit worrisome, but I actually, I do have hope, you know, as, and, and, for, and then if, you know, Newsom is, is uh, pumping money into it, we, you know, I think it could help us too. Yeah. And sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And in this case, the enemy of Prop 30 turns out to be Gavin Newsom. And so we're all on the same side. We're all one big, happy anti-tax family for now. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, I think the more people dive into it, um, even though it doesn't affect a lot of people, it's always interesting to me because like you said, propositions are, they're an odd thing in California. You know, we had, I think it was two years ago, somebody pointed out this trend that while Californians vote for really radical left politicians, they vote pretty conservative on propositions. So when you take Republican and Democrat out of the like whatever out of the prop out of the race, and you just say, "Here's a proposition. Would you vote yes or no on it based on your principle?" And more often than not they kind of break conservatively. You know, people vote against new taxes, people vote against new bonds. Um, and it, in the end, it's like, I, I think it's interesting to see that people, there is kind of like a conservative desire out there. It's just people are not connecting that to politicians. So we have to go through everything through propositions. Um, so I'll say, I don't know. I think it's a 50-50 shot that this one loses. I hope it loses uh, just because any new taxes, I like to see when new taxes go down in flames. Um, every time they try and come after Prop 13, it always goes down in flames, which is always exciting to say um, people are not going to let Prop 13 be be knocked over. Uh, if you don't know what Prop 13 is, it's an old uh, property tax proposition, which pro- protects it from being out of control the last really it's like the last thing that is protected in california is your property tax from not getting super crazy um and speaking of how people vote when there's not a republican or democrat and this is one proposition that i'm really interested to see the breakdown when all is said and done and the dust settles um and i'm talking about proposition one uh, the constitutional right to reproductive freedom, legislative constitutional amendment. Now, this was proposed by the legislature. 
you can do that as a legislature. So there are different ways you can get a proposition on a ballot. One, the most popular way is somebody starts a ballot initiative. You have to go out. Everybody has to sign and send in a whole bunch of signatures. The other way they can do it is have the legislature put it on the ballot for people to decide, because there are some issues that the people have to decide under the California Constitution and the rules, the way it's set up. So this is one of those things that right after the uh, Dobbs decision, which was the Supreme Court case that overturned Roe v. Wade, this was immediately proposed, voted on, and then placed on the ballot. So they don't need signatures. They don't need to go gather like 500,000 signatures. They just propose it and it goes on the ballot. But this is one that I'm going to be really interested to see the breakdown of how people vote on this. And specifically, I'm interested to see what groups vote yes or no on this, because I think that's going to be a really interesting glimpse into the minds of, of whether it's like the Asian community or the Latino community. How did they break on Prop 1 and the idea of giving basically unfettered abortion access to people in California? But let's go through some of the stuff that it says in our general election booklet, and we'll talk about it. And then some other stuff we can talk about. Uh, I found some good pastor quotes and what Newsom's doing with billboards, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So existing California laws provide that every individual has a fundamental right to privacy and their personal reproductive decisions, which includes the fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and the fundamental right to choose or refuse contraceptives. Due to recent court case, that's actually due to recent court case, due to a recent court case, I feel like that's grammatically incorrect, right to abortion no longer protected by U.S. Constitution. In the past, the U.S. Supreme Court found that the U.S. Constitution generally protected the right to abortion. As a result, states had limited ability to place restrictions on abortions. However, in June 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court decided that the U.S. Constitution does not protect the right to abortion. Correct. That's what they decided. They decided this was one of those things that they couldn't find a right specifically enshrined or written out in the Constitution. So they said this is something that has to be sent back to the state legislatures. This is a state-by-state -state basis. It has to go back to the localities. I know, very horrible and fascist that the Supreme Court basically said, we don't have the power to carte blanche, make a rule for the entire country out of thin air. They said we were wrong, which is also odd for something to hear out of Washington, D.C., that they were wrong. And they said, look, we're going to give up our power. You guys at the state level figure it out. Now, California already has an abortion law on the books. And a lot of this is fear mongering when people say, oh, they overturned Roe v. Wade. No one will be able to get an abortion. And, you know, it's it's going to be like a handmaiden's tale. Isn't it? That, that's my favorite. It's going to it's always going to be like the handmaiden's tale. Um, but there is an actual law on the books in California it's health uh, and safety code one, two, three, four, six, six. It's a couple of them. It says the state may not deny or interfere with a woman's right to choose or obtain an abortion prior to viability of the fetus or when the abortion is necessary to protect the life and or health of the mother. So the key phrase here is so no late term abortion. That's what the law says right now. 
and viability according to the statute. Because as an attorney, I had to go in and look at the statute and see exactly what it says. Uh, viability means the point in a pregnancy when in the good faith medical judgment of a physician on the particular facts of the case before that physician, there's a reasonable likelihood of the fetus sustained survival outside the uterus without the application of extraordinary medical measures, which even then, I think that's a weird definition of the application of extraordinary medical measures, because you do hear these miraculous stories of someone being born prematurely, maybe like a month or two early. They do put them on respirators and incubators to help them survive. Um, I guess you could call that extraordinary medical measures. So that would still be viability if the baby could live outside and they could still save it, um, which would then shorten the kind of the window of where you can get an abortion. But that's the law as is right now in California. You can get an abortion, can't get a late term abortion. This, I think, changes everything. Uh, goes on to say, for example, California law requires abortion providers to be licensed. In addition, abortions can be only be performed on a viable fetus. We talked about that. Under state law, fetus is considered viable if the fetus likely we and we talked about that. Proposition one would change the California Constitution to say that the state cannot deny or interfere with a person's reproductive freedom and that people have the fundamental right to choose whether or not to have an abortion, whether or not to use contraceptives. I don't think I ever heard. I, are we at a point in America where people can't aren't allowed to use contraceptives? Is that a thing? I don't. I feel like there's an abundance of choices for contraceptives in America. I, I don't know where this idea of like, is there, if there's a state that's not letting you use contraceptives, I mean, put it in the chat or something, because I don't have any idea. Uh, in case you were wondering about the money, there's no direct fiscal effect because we don't know what problem one is really going to do. Uh, let's see. Oh, if the court finds that the proposition expands these rights in terms of reproductive rights, there could be a fiscal effects to the state. Right, because they would be paying for Medi-Cal, Medicare, and all that stuff. Ready for the arguments? I'm sure you're interested to see what is the argument in favor of Prop 1. Why, yes, I am. The argument in favor of Prop 1 is screw them babies, because who cares? No, that's not actually the, the argument. For nearly 50 years, Americans have relied on the legal principles set by R. Roe v. Wade that allowed individuals to make their own reproductive health decisions privately. Access to abortion is no longer federally protected and is under attack across the country. It's under attack, Cynthia, just everywhere. Um, doctors, nurses, and health providers, all all doctors, nurses, and all health providers everywhere in the state of California, they all agree. Yes, on Prop 1 is necessary to keep reproductive medical decisions where they belong, with individuals and their health care providers based on scientific facts, not political agendas. Isn't the whole purpose of this proposition sort of a political agenda, you could say? <laughs> I mean, California already has a very lax abortion law. 
Yeah. There really is no reason to have this. Um, other than they're just trying to score some points as for the Roe v. Wade crowd. Uh, the California Medical Association, Planned Parenthood Affiliates of California, and the League of Women Voters of California support Prop 1. Of course, Planned Parenthood supports it because they're going to be rolling in dough. <laughs> support Prop 1 because no matter who or what political party controls the government, a person's right to an abortion or contraceptive should be protected in California. Which actually goes against the ruling in Dobbs. Because the ruling in Dobbs says this is something that should go to the people and the people should decide on a case-by-case basis. If you live in a community where they say, hey, we're going to ban all sorts of abortions, any abortion, that's that community's choice. That's something that they have chosen. If you don't like that choice, you can move out of the community. There's a whole bunch of choices you could do. You could try to change it. You could get your own people elected. There's a whole bunch of things you can do. I'm not sure this is a fundamental right as much as they think it is. Let's see. And somebody had asked me before, they said, what's the difference between it being a law and being a constitutional right? Well, once it's a constitutional right under the California Constitution, it's going to be much harder to repeal and get rid of. So let's say in our ideal world, Cynthia, one day after all of our hard work and everything we're doing, California turns red. We have a legislature full of great Republicans and let's just say libertarians as well. The state has come to its senses. We're a free market state. We have a Republican governor for the first time in a long time. Republicans control the state of California and things are going to change. Now they could come in and simply vote and get rid of this abortion law. As opposed to, now there's a constitutional amendment which enshrines it, and they would have to put this repeal to the people to vote. Now, of course, if we ever got to that point where we've elected a state legislature that is entirely Republican, or let's say 70% Republican, like a supermajority, and a Republican governor, I would think California is probably pretty different at that point. (laughs) But that's, I think, what they're trying to say here is that it does keep it a lot more secure than before where you can easily change the law. Yeah. Um, All right. Argument against Prop 1. Those of us signing this argument have different views on many issues, including abortion. But we all agree Prop 1 is an extreme, expensive, and pointless waste of tax money that will allow unrestricted late-term abortions costing taxpayers millions. This is not the answer. Prop 1 was put on the ballot for one reason, to score political points, not to make serious policy. Prop 1 will allow late-term abortions at taxpayer expense without limitation for any reason at any time up to the moment of birth, even when the mother's life is not in danger, even when the healthy baby could survive outside the womb. Instead of preserving our state's compassionate, carefully balanced limits, I don't even know if it's, I don't even know if it's compassionate, carefully balanced limits on late-term abortions. Prop one will push California far outside the mainstream. Today, most states and forty-seven European countries limit late-term abortions. Remember how all the everybody on the left says we have to be a lot more like Europe? They just do everything so much better in Europe. They shouldn't look into their late-term abortion policies. 
A recent Harris poll found that 90% of Americans support limits on late-term abortions. Likewise, recent polling shows that most California voters support limitations on late-term abortions as well. The pro-abortion Gutmucker Gumacher Institute estimates that California could see a nearly 3,000 increase in the number of people from other states seeking abortions here, with many coming for more expensive late-term abortions. So... That is the argument against Prop 1, according to Dr. Anne-Marie Adams, who's a gynecologist, Tack Allen, president of International Faith-Based Coalition, and Assembly member Jim Patterson. All right. Prop 1. What are your thoughts, Cynthia? Absolutely, positively no. Um, so if people, so when, you know, the Dobbs decision came down, you know, we did, we actually did a live reaction to Newsom doing like a, a press conference, which was very fun. Um, so if people, you know, watch the program, they would know that I'm in very anti-abortion, I'm pro-life. So, you know, any kind of attempts to, you know, make things worse than they are for someone that, you know, cares about life, both for the mother and the child, um, automatically no, automatic red flag, red flag. Um, so there's already that. The other aspect is when, as you've broken down, it is very, very extreme. So right now, as you have mentioned and illustrated the existing law for California, and this is just the law, not like what's in the state constitution at the moment. Um, you know, California's restrictions on abortions is, um, it's after the age of viability. So usually that's usually around like 23, 24, 25 weeks. So the language of this potential amendment to our state constitution would basically make abortion legal up until the moment of birth. So by definition, it is infanticide. So this, you know, that's already, so, you know, for people that, you know, are, are trying to promote life and save lives, you know, it's or there's already like a huge apathetic thing that we deal with, you know, as far as trying to tell people the truth, break down all different angles of it. Um, so I understand, like, you know, for example, you know, sharing like the timeline of like, when the heartbeat is there, when there's feet that grow, it's a very complicated thing. When you talk about the science of it, this is pretty black and white. This is infanticide, as I mentioned. Um, you know, we would be in the same uh, category as like a small minority of countries that have this, like North Korea and China. They do permit late-term abortion. Um, this is even when the mother's life is not in danger or when, um, you know, a baby after an abortion or whatnot, you know, could still live. So California, if this passes, would be going in that direction. Um, I, I, it's it's really funny because like you know after the Dobbs decision, it's interesting just seeing all the breakdowns. Right, one thing that's really insulting to me, one reaction that still gets me to this day is when Congresswoman Sarah Jacobs, like I I was kind of for I was forced to watch this, but there would be interviews where she would be like exacerbated, like. I, I feel like my rights have been stripped away. I feel like I have less rights than my grandma and my mother. It's so insulting, honestly, for, for, for goodness sakes. Like, I, I don't know what's up with these people that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I grew up with strong women and, you know, I don't, 
Like, I just think that they, when people that are older than us had it tougher than us. So I just think just things like that are insulting. They just overreact and whatnot. So anyways, long story short, this is a, this was a very easy decision for me out of all the, there's no nuances to be had. I, I think it's disgusting. And it's just, it's really appalled. I'm not surprised that after this happened that all the Democrats and state legislators, they had their press releases ready to go and, you know, they didn't waste any time. And to their credit, I mean, if Republicans were in power, I would expect them to do something, you know, to, 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 uh, you know, own their power too, if, if that was my dream, but you know, it is what it is. So I, I also am curious about the breakdown too, because, you know, for, for even, um, even for like historically communities that tend to vote Democrat, they also tend to be socially conservative too, because they are religious and people typically who are of faith, they, for some reason, this is like their one hill that they don't lean left. So I think it will be curious to know, I mean, if I had to guess, I don't, I, I think it will pass, but I want to be very hopeful of it because this is one that um, I'm very, very worried about. And I think it, we, we'd be going down a huge step in the wrong direction um, if it passes. So that's my answer. Um, I would vote no. And I hope people vote no too. Yeah. I mean, this is maybe it, we're, we're far removed from that, but there was a time in California where we voted no on gay marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, Prop 8 did fail in the state. And that's to some people that that was like extremely shocking to the rest of the nation. But that's also because people are genuinely just thinking there's a stereotype of everyone lives in L.A. and San Francisco, which is not true. And when you get out into the more rural areas and when you get out of any of those cities, California gets a lot more conservative and a lot more red. Um and yeah, I, I am particularly interested because I think this could be one of those things that could be a catalyst. And and the left has been pushing farther and farther left. And I think there's some old school Democrats who are, you know, people like Bill Maher, I think of like old school Democrats um, who are looking the, at the way the Democratic Party is going. And even he's going, whoa, 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 like, guys, you're going way too far, way too fast. Like, this is too much. You're 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 even like turning me off. So I wonder how many people like this could be one of those political turning points in California where if it makes, I don't know, a good percentage of, let's say, Hispanics or Asians who are Democrats. And they see this pass because Democrats wanted it and they go, you know what? I'm just not on board anymore with Democrats. Is that an opportunity for like the California Republican party to come in and go, Hey, we don't support it. You know, we don't think that's right. Uh, it could be a, a small political kind of turning point. I'm not going to say it's, it's going to turn everybody red overnight and all of a sudden everyone's going to go like, Oh, we're all Republicans. And then we wake up in our dream fantasy where, you know, it's a completely red state like Arizona or something. Um, but I think it could have that effect. And I, I honestly think it could be one of those things that, like you said, it is a sticking point and it is something where they go, you know, if you're, especially if you're Catholic, if you're Christian, this is something you're going to look at and go, 
I don't think I'm I'm on board with this, and I think you've gone too far. And I think the left's continually pushing themselves farther and farther left, and they're going to push a lot of people out of their own party. And it could be better. It could be good news for California. Um, in the long run, it'll be bad news for us if it passes. I haven't honestly heard a lot of stuff about Prop 1, which is interesting. I haven't seen ads... I guess they figure in a state like California, they don't really have to run pro prop one ads. Like it's people will just see it, you know, protects a woman's reproductive rights and everyone's just going to check. Yes. But I also haven't seen a lot of like opposing prop one, which is interesting to me. I think there would have been more push to oppose this. Like, it seems like people gave up on this prop and figured it's, it's passed before it even hit the ballot. So have you seen anything against Prop 1 on TV or anything? I have not. And that's interesting that you mentioned that because <laughs> we we laugh uh, because we talk about um, Catherine Blakespear's ads because that's the... Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. She, she, uh, you know, she believes in you know the woman's right to choose and all that stuff, right? Um, so kind of breaking down on the election side, the campaign side too. No, I haven't seen any ads promoting no. And that's quite unfortunate because Republicans are missing out on a great opportunity for it. However, I will say this, though, too, um, just because this is public, but there are some candidates, um, you know, locally and then statewide that publicly, um, you know, are are, are uh, you know, on that side of things. Um, they they aren't as they aren't pro-life. They aren't they're more anti-abortion. Um I've even have heard of a local San Diego candidate um, who um, who's running for a local office here, and he actually supports Prop One. So it's mm. also kind of interesting because you know I feel like the Democrat campaign playbook has been you know attacking how because someone by virtue is a Republican they support it. It's a little conflicting for me because again, like I am someone that is against it but it's also interesting how the republicans kind of have that high ground because they're like no actually i'm we would probably agree on this and whatnot so that's already interesting as is the second thing is um even like a nationwide trend it seems i feel like a lot of democrat candidates are harpooning on this and really relying on this to turn out their Democrat base because it's no surprise that people on both sides are incredibly unmotivated to vote at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it seemed and, you know, the timing of it nationwide, the trend has been for Democrats to push this. I mean, for example, Joe Biden is in California and he's thumping for this. So they're mm -hmm. obviously, especially in California, doing everything possible to motivate their base. And so I think another trend that I think you and my you and me would be curious to analyze is, yes, I think it'd be interesting to see the interest groups, the identity groups who are voting for this and what happened, what is the result of it. But I think it would be also interesting to notice how much it's actually going to motivate the Democrats, because in the beginning and I kind of had to stop kind of going down this rabbit hole just because it's kind of like, you know, I just need to see what happens on election day. Right. But I firmly believed in the beginning was I actually don't think it would motivate the Democrats as much as people think. I think that the economy, especially because we found out today too, we are going more towards a recession. We are officially at a 40 year high um, for inflation. I just 
strongly believe when people are struggling economically, there is nothing that trumps harder than what's hurting in your wallets. Um, there's no social issue. There's no culture issue. Like nothing's going to matter to people if they can't afford basic necessities and if they're pissed off at the gas station. And the thing with the economy too is it's not like when things are going downhill, it's not like it gets better you have to go down for it to go up eventually so i mm -hmm. so like you know if you asked this question six months ago i would say yeah it's going to get worse it's not going to get any better and right now if you look at joe biden's twitter i mean he's talking about how he's added jobs i think i saw that say on twitter they're trying to convert the messaging that they're doing everything that they can to make the economy better and actually the economy is proving even though literally just today or yesterday actually yeah it was today i mean the inflation's worse so those are my thoughts on that. So yeah, um, I unfortunately have not seen the ads going against it. And one of our guests, Jonathan Zacharyson, he was on too. So he's kind of betting because of the language of how extreme it is. Um, you know, he has a little bit more hope. So we'll just have to see what happens. When uh, President Biden comes out and says, there's a chance we might head into a slight recession for him to admit that a couple of weeks before a midterm. Uh, that signals to me that we're probably headed for a terrible recession because for the president to admit weeks before a midterm where his party is going to get wiped out, that there's going to be a slight recession means they're probably looking at it going, Ooh, things are really bad here. Um, so yeah, and I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, uh, I don't think people are as, you know, in politics, a month, two months, three months, it's like a lifetime. June was a long time ago. You know, Roe v. Wade was a long time ago. You know what's not a long time ago? Waking up and seeing gas prices at 680. That was just like last week. So, and it's still above $6 in a lot of places. And here in San Diego, I see $6 everywhere. That is, that's going to stick in people's minds at the end of the day. Like they're going to think about that and go, we have to change something in California because $6 gas is not good enough. And they're going to sit there and go, who cares about abortions when I can't afford to put food on the table or drive to work? Like that's not really my, my top priority or my top concern. Now, maybe people will vote for it just because they, they want to feel good and they want a virtue signal. Uh, but I don't think it's as, galvanizing if roe v wade happened in september it would make a huge difference yes but because it happened because it happened in june it's a long time ago and when it came out everyone said oh you know this is this is gonna doom the republicans chances for winning the winning over congress and i thought to myself i was like yeah there's still a lot of time there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong between now and June. Um, there was a, a quote. Uh, so Southern California, John MacArthur, uh, he was a pretty adamant anti-COVID pastor. Um, he was, I think he's the one who sued and they, it went up to somewhere pretty far. I think it was the Supreme Court. Um, and he won against that. But he wrote a letter to Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom, if you don't know, has been spending his campaign money not on actually campaigning in California, 
but putting up billboards and sending ads to other states. And most recently, he's put up an ad in Austin, Texas. And he's also put ads in Indiana. The one that says, Indiana does not own your body. And there's another one that he tweeted out that says, need an abortion? California is ready to help. Learn more at abortion.ca.gov. And then below it, it has a quote, inspiring quote, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Mark 12, 31. And I'll let that sink in for everybody that on a billboard that says need an abortion, Gavin Newsom puts scripture. Not just any scripture. This is the gospel we're talking about. This is Jesus speaking. If you were to look in your Bible and you open it up, some Bibles, it's in red. This would be in red in your Bible. So Pastor John MacArthur wrote him a letter. In mid-September, you revealed to the entire nation how thoroughly rebellious against God you are when you sponsored billboards across America promoting the slaughter of children, whom he creates in the womb. Psalm 139, 13 through 16, Isaiah 45, 9 through 12. You further compounded the wickedness of that murderous campaign with a reprehensible act of gross blasphemy, quoting the very words of Jesus from Mark 12, 31, as if you could somehow twist his meaning and arrogate his name in favor of butchering unborn infants. You use the name in the words of Christ to promote the credo of Moloch, Leviticus 20, one through five. It would be hard to imagine a greater sacrilege. So definitely scathing rebuke by John MacArthur. And I agree with everything. I mean, I don't know who told him putting gospel and scripture on a billboard that has need an abortion come to California on it. Um, what are your thoughts, Cynthia? I have I have some more, but I want to hear your thoughts first. The nerve. <laughs> the nerve is a good way to put it. Yeah. It's um it kind of reminds me when one our one of our amazing supervisors, Nathan Fletcher, like with the uh, Awakened Church in San Diego, I remember hearing, you know, Instagram lives at pastors sharing their experience because, you know, Nathan Fletcher was obviously, you know, the COVID. 19 King with locking down businesses and churches and whatnot. And um, like, I remember one of the pastors had shared that, you know, Nathan had given some kind of like comment, like, you know, basically, you know, it was kind of one of those like backhanded like statements where, you know, they talk about he was like, oh, I, you know, I, I pray for those people, you know, that were there, like, as you know, I guess Awakened Church has like some cases and stuff. So it's like, you know, it's another thing if like someone isn't particularly religious or open about their faith or whatnot. But like when they, I have a, I have a, I have a bone to pick with people that, you know, aren't of that. And then they kind of like twist the hand of people who are of faith, kind of like slap, mm. slapping their faith in their face, you know? is like the best way I would describe it. So I kind of had flashbacks to that. So it is disgusting, the nerve. I have really no words. It's just, it's just, it's really hilarious. It's like this man wants to run for president. He's doing a pretty 
poor job. Like, like I don't know if this is like his appeal to like maybe it's like it's weird. It's like he's so used to winning, and now he's forced to like step out of like his comfort zone to try to cater and his messaging. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you freak, you're so tone deaf. Like, people are not like California. There's normal people that are saying that you know don't vote the way that that you do or think the way that you do it's just really it's astounding like it really his tone death is on full display yeah it's uh like you said it's if he's trying to run for president this is a a piss poor way to do it because sending these billboards with the words need an abortion and then also quoting the scripture in midwestern states like indiana it's not going to win you any favors you're not definitely people aren't going to look up look at that and go oh wow gavin newsom what a what a godly man he really does care for his neighbor i think a lot of people would look at that and go excuse me what the are you kidding me it would be like i think it would be the same reaction you had which is the nerve of him to say that and i'm not sure why he picked one of you know it's it's a great line and it's it's definitely one of the most important it's the golden rule i'm not sure what the scripture has to do with needing an abortion because it seems like if you should love each other as I have loved you, so go kill that baby. Like that doesn't really make any sense to me. Or is he trying to say like California loves you to come kill that baby? Like I don't, I'm trying to figure out what his logic is and why he, I, I mean, again, I doubt he's really gone to church and actually opened the Bible and like talked about this stuff. Um, so I don't think he really has any idea. I think probably one of his interns was like, uh, yeah, this one's really popular. So let's just put this one on the billboard. That sounds good. Um, so, and you're right. I, I always laugh at people on the left who try and use this idea of like, we're going to throw Christianity in your faith, like back in your, your, your face, like, Oh, we're going to prove you're not a Christian. You like you should vote for socialism. Aren't you a Christian? Like you should vote for socialism. Socialism is what Jesus would want. And it's like there was actually a funny TikTok I saw. I was gonna send it to you. I'll send it to you after the podcast. But this girl's having like a conversation with herself, and one is the leftist, and one's the one who's like actually studied the Bible. They're talking about how like Jesus was never a socialist, he was never a capitalist, he was never any of these things. He just said Christians should do good unto each other and to society, and that's our job and that's our duty. Um, but you always have the leftists who are like, you should vote for socialism because your Bible says so. No, it doesn't. Uh, you should allow us to have abortions because your Bible says you should love your neighbor. That's not what it says. So it's always interesting to hear leftists try and use scripture and the gospel to kind of own Christians, but they sound so ignorant. It's like, okay, um, why don't you pull out, you know, the Quran and try and own Muslims who also don't believe in abortion. Muslims also don't believe in abortion. So why, where's the quoting of the Quran there? So anyway, um, I hope it doesn't pass. I hope I think there's a lot of people who are praying it doesn't pass. I would say I'm praying that it doesn't pass. Probably will pass because it's California. But it's definitely one of the most controversial. And I I do think it may be one of those political awakenings. It might be a spiritual awakening for a lot of people to see how far California is going on a lot of these social issues. And 
maybe that's maybe that's a tipping point. Maybe it's a good tipping point if to get to this point where we go, it's gotten really bad here. And this is the stuff we're focusing on when gas is $6 a gallon and no one can afford food and electricity rates are through the roof and stuff like that. This is the stuff people are focused on. So who knows? Um, any final thoughts on Prop 1? I mean, you make an interesting point, you know, because um, like one of our former, one of our previous podcasts where we go over Dan Fulkerson, we brought up the golden question, like how crazy it is that California still hasn't hit the lowest that it could. Like there's people that genuinely think that it's fine. Like it hasn't hit like rock bottom. So maybe I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't want it to pass. So on record, I don't want this to pass. FYI, I'm voting no and everyone should vote no. But let's say it does. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe we need, because you win the, you learn the most when you lose, right? So maybe mm-hmm. this could be a good thing if it, if it doesn't, if it does pass. So we just need to see, but I am praying that it does not pass and everyone should vote. No, I am voting. No, uh, Phil is, is a no for this too. So everyone vote no and let's pray it doesn't pass. That's all. And we agree on both propositions as opposed to the last episode where we didn't agree on both propositions. Well, actually, and we, we are still on, just on one. We didn't agree, but we did yeah. just agree on Prop 26. I'm still a yes on Prop 27. Okay, cool. And guess what? We're, we're still friends. <laughs> and we're still friends. We're still friends. Uh, yeah. I think I made a comment on Karina's page about something and she was like, nah, we don't agree. And I was like, and we're still friends. We're yeah. not going to kill each other over it. We're not going to, I'm not going to cut you off or block you or anything like that. Yeah. So with that said, it's been a little over an hour. Thanks to everyone for uh, signing on and listening to us talk about these two propositions. We got, uh, I think there's several more, but they're not super controversial. I guess you could say there's not that many left. Uh, there's one about dialysis, which since I don't understand what the heck it's talking about, I always just vote no. Um, there's the other one, which has to do with flavored tobacco. That's the referendum. Um, so that is, if we can explain it real quick, there was a law passed that they were going to ban flavored tobacco, like in jewels and stuff and the vapes. Uh, so the referendum, now this is important. A referendum means you want to get rid of that law correct so the referendum says do you still support this law it's kind of like the gas tax this is where people got tripped up with the gas tax and why we still have a gas tax it's going to say yes you still support the law would you like it to stay and no we do not support the law and it's going to go away so if you are someone who likes to vape and you like your flavored tobacco then vote no I think that's about it. I can't think of many other propositions. Can you? Um, Let's see. I don't have it open. Um, well, actually, let me just go exit really quick. So one's abortion. 26 is gambling. 27 is the gambling. So we went over those three. 28 is uh-huh. education, requiring funding K through 12. Um, 29 is the dialysis one. 30, it, we went over that. That's the wealth tax for... for um, emissions and wildfires 31 is the referendum so yeah um so the one we, we missed was yeah 28 was requiring k through 12 so just really quickly um i'm voting no because i mean they say that it's 
going to go funding for music education. Listen, we're we are we are uh, 49th in the nation for reading and writing. Why don't we focus on writing? And I'm I'm pretty skeptical. I mean, I'm pretty skeptical on you know when they say that in general, like oh, this funds is going to go where? I, I I never believe them anyway. So I'm personally a no on that. But other than that, yeah, we've gone over everything. That's it. It wasn't a really busy proposition season this year. Sometimes yeah. there's a lot of propositions. This year was not a lot of propositions. So yeah. Um, with that said, that's all your proposition breakdowns. And we got a couple of weeks to go. I'm not going to be around next week. So we only have like one more week. Um, and I think we're still on for the live stream. Are we still on for the live stream for the debate on the 23rd? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll get some other guests on as well to listen. We're going to do like the FDR. We're all going to huddle around the internet radio and listen with hot cocoa and stuff and listen to the debate on the radio because that's where real people go watch debates between governors is they go listen in front of the radio like that's how political debates happen in california we still love having them on the radio um yeah that's kind of a whole different thing and we know i know we've asked brian dolly and um why you know he's not happy about that either but anyway we're gonna do the live stream we've got other episodes coming up hopefully we can get a couple more candidates and um and like I say, at the end of every show, if you like this show, you liked our breakdown, make sure you text it to at least one person. That's the best way to support the show is just kind of spread the word about it. Um, also, make sure to subscribe, like, share, review, all that stuff for the video and listen to us and subscribe to the audio podcast and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, if you want this cool noodle shirt, you can find the link in my Instagram. So, And with that... Uh, We'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 